0: Where are you at right now?
1: I am in LA right now. I booked a studio out here because me and my assistant, we're going to shoot some content today. Nice. So I figured I was like, why not do the podcast here? So oh, that's
0: perfect. Yeah. it's a nice background.
1: That's pretty cool out here.
0: That's pretty dope.
1: You see her in the background, she's recording stuff.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. So you got an assistant now, huh? Yes. How long have you had an assistant?
1: Uh, a couple of days.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, so like she's she better like it's the testing phase you gotta prove herself yes
1: this is our first week working together um she's already killing it
0: that's awesome
1: brought this microphone with her today i was like damn girl that's what's up yeah i'm impressed are you i'm excited
0: so you're from california but what part of california are you from
1: from south central la
0: okay so how like how far was the drive to where you're at now
1: um I don't live in South Central LA anymore. I was born there. Mm. Right now I'm living in um in the Inland Empire okay. area, like Corona area. Okay. So it was like I want to say 45 minutes, 45 to an hour.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Chris uh, what prompted me to reach out to you is I, I I follow you on social media and I'm like fascinated with people that have built this like, I don't even know what you really call it, like a brand or an image, like all through social media. And what stood out about you is like, you're pretty open and you talk about like mental health. Um, and I love talking about mental health. Like I, I struggle with anxiety and, um, crazy crap that I, I struggle with, but, um, so it's, it's unique and you don't see it a whole lot from people that are brand influencers or, you know, they have a following that really talk about it. Like if you look at it from just the phone and you look at someone's Instagram page or TikTok page, whatever you're looking at, it looks like they have this like perfect life and uh, you're pretty open and transparent about stuff. And that's what prompted this conversation.
1: I'm I'm thankful and grateful. Thank you for, for, uh um, reaching out. I was really excited about this, to be honest, because I've seen your YouTube channel before that video that you sent me in an email when you reached out. I was like jumping up and down in my room because I've done like research on carnivore diet and stuff like that. And I've tried it out and I still try to dabble in with that sometimes. So that video that you did with that doctor, yeah, I I've seen it before. I've seen your guys's interview before. So when I saw your email and in like my emails and stuff, I was like, oh my god, this is like crazy. That's so it's wild. Like a, yeah, I was I was really excited about it.
0: That's so wild to hear because sometimes you feel like people don't like listen to your content. Um, so when you said that, I was like, oh wow, people actually do listen and watch, and it's it's just wild to see. Doctor Saldivar is an amazing person. I don't know if you subscribe to her channel or follow her on Instagram, but she's pretty amazing with the knowledge and I find her to be pretty transparent about, um, you know, the carnivore diet in itself. So what, what intrigued you about carnivore? Are you doing it right now? Or
1: I, so I, I feel like I've just, I think it just reverts back to mental health. Always. I've always tried to find different things that are going to help that. And, I came across Jordan Peterson. Yeah, and Jordan Peterson's, um, I, I, it was a video he did with Joe Rogan, and he talked about how the carnivore diet he cured his depression, his depression, right? And how he talked about his daughter's autoimmune diseases and all that stuff. And I am also, I follow her now too, and I listen to her stuff too, and so I. I was like, man, I have to try this. And the only reason I actually found out about it is because my friend Christian, he reached out to me on Instagram. You know how just sometimes you meet people on Instagram and you just click with them. And we started, I started fasting first. And then he was like, let me tell you about something else that's helped me, like with my mental clarity and stuff. And he sent me those videos of Jordan Peterson talking about the carnivore diet. And I had just finished a a 72-hour fast. Mm. And... He was like i want you to listen to this and tell me what you think and after i watched that video i went straight to the market and i bought like five steaks and like <laughs> black stay like it was just i just i'm i feel like i i'm an extremist so when i want to try things i just dive in like uh, let's go are, and, and see what happens so
0: are you in, yeah. um are you into astrology or anything like that like what's your What's your, uh, I don't even know what it's called because I'm not. Really, yeah. What's your sign? I'm Leo. You're Leo. Are you into that stuff?
1: Yeah. Um, I am. And to a certain extent, I am. I feel like I know my sun sign, my moon sign, my mm. rising sign. Um, my rising sign I'm very fond of, which is Aquarius. And I feel like sometimes I see, I, I read traits of a Leo that I'm like, that's not me though. But mm. I read traits of an Aquarius. Supposedly, the, your rising sign is more of, like, your personality.
2: Mm. So
1: when I see the traits of an Aquarius, I'm like, okay, I feel like that's more me. Like, Aquarius are more humanitarians and, um, like, environmentalists and s- about, like, helping people. And I feel like that's definitely more my my personality. Interesting.
0: So, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm a Gemini. and. I feel like some of the stuff I read as a as Gemini, I'm like, ah, I don't feel like, I don't think that's me. But like you said, I, I hone in so much so that my family, like, they get annoyed because I like hone in on certain things. Like right now, my thing I'm honing in on is chat GPT. Have you messed with that okay. yet? Have you messed with I've that? I've heard of that. Oh I've heard my of God. that recently. It, well, it's so for social media, it might help you and like write posts and stuff, but you can like tell it or ask it a question. Or So here's a perfect example. I, I told it to write a script um, in Joe Biden, uh, like a Joe Biden script, s- given a review on this podcast.
2: Okay.
0: And it was pretty wild. Like it went, wow. it, it went like, it started off, hello, my fellow Americans, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I'm listening to right now, like a full script, Whoa. like a full thing. And then I did it on, um, I said the same thing, but I exchanged it with Donald Trump. And like yeah. one of the things in there was like, well, you know, I don't like fake news, and that's why I like listening to John because it's not fake news. It's hilarious, but like I, I um, I'm kind of like you in a sense of I I tend to like hone in on certain things for a very long time, and if I'm yeah. passionate about it, then it's like it becomes a, a a part of me, like a limb in my body. So are you like are you experimenting with carnivore or like animal based right now, or what are you doing now?
1: Yes, I actually. I, I think the longest I've gone with carnivore diet is like, I think maybe a little bit over two weeks mm. and it's so difficult because I love fruit and bread and all that stuff. Right. And when I felt like when I first dove into the diet, I was, I'm so hard on myself that I was causing myself more depression.
2: Mm.
1: So I was like, man, like I want to, I want to, I want to, do this, and I just keep messing up. I keep giving into the cravings. I keep, you know, and I eventually was like, you know what? Okay, so I have control of this depression situation. I feel like it was just like a switch that I was like, okay, it's a it's a mental state, and what you decide to think and what you decide to believe about yourself. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't, I can't be so hard on myself to the point where when I'm going to have fruit or bread or something, I'm like, okay, my mental fog's here. I got my depression now. And so I just, I just, I guess it was just that simple. I just said, okay, I'm not depressed anymore. I just decided that. And I enjoy food whenever I want to. Now I'll have like a croissant here and there are my weaknesses (laughs) and, um, I'll have mostly carnivore diet. I still try to have like a ribeye steak at least once a day or something. Um, But it's, it's just been all over the place right now too, because like you mentioned earlier, I've been moving. There's just been so much going on in my personal life that it's been kind of hard to stick to the carnivore diet right now, but I eventually do want to get back on it again, like clean just to see how it goes. So have yeah, you, that's where I'm at with
0: that. Have you heard of uh, Doctor Paul Saladino? No. So definitely give him a lookup. He, so he wrote a book called uh, The Carnivore Code, and he was promoting a strictly carnivore diet. He wrote the okay. he, so he wrote a book about it, and uh, he was actually on Joe Rogan too. So that podcast is is a is a good listen. And um, a, a year or two later, after he wrote the book, he like did a self-check and he was, he he realized that he wasn't living as optimally as, as he could. So he started hey. adding fruit in and he added like, he'll eat papaya, mango, um, bananas. And he started adding honey in and he, I think he rewrote the book. I think he wrote the carnivore 2.0, and where he Okay, is
1: that The Carnivore MD? The 2. Carnivore MD, okay?
0: Yeah, 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 The Carnivore okay, MD.
1: okay, I do. I follow him, but okay. I didn't know he had a
0: book out. Yeah, so I think he has two. I think he has like The Carnivore The uh, Carnivore Code and then The Carnivore MD2 or whatever, whatever the second book is. But the reason I appreciate him is cuz he he wrote a book about something that he passionately believed in. Yeah. And then he realized, well, I'm not like I'm not as healthy as I can. But I'm not feeling as good. So then he redid it. Anyone that can like admit their mistakes, as me, yeah. like I like it's hard for me to uh, like me ad, to admit when I'm wrong. But he did it yeah. publicly, and of uh, and he has got these. He's got a lot of followers, and um, so people talk a lot of crap about him. But I appreciate that, you know, like yeah, I appreciate that he came it's back. Real, and, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's I,
1: I agree. It's it's real. I I've seen him. uh I follow him on Instagram and I, I do love what he talks about and all that stuff. I I feel like his take on the carnivore diet or just even a whole foods diet is more realistic because you do get to enjoy fruit. You get to enjoy your meats. You get to enjoy your healthy fats and all that stuff. And I, I, I'm like, damn, maybe I should. Now that we're talking about it, I'm I'm just like, okay, maybe I should try that. Yeah. No, it's you know?
0: definitely it's definitely a lot easier. So I am married and I have kids and you know like tonight, um I, we want to take the kids out and enjoy stuff. So yeah. we're going to like Dave and Busters and like I I I do well with just not being around that kind of stuff. if I'm mm-hmm. not around it, then I'm good. But if I get around it, I have no self-control. I'm just like I gorge and I just I, even though I feel <laughs> like shit, I just overeat and I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just can't say no. You know what I mean? But I don't want to live in a bubble. Like I don't want exactly. my f- family to live in a bubble. So I think it's like a, a certain amount of balance or,
1: you know, Exactly, I, don't know. I, exactly. I feel like it's it, another part or another, another level of extreme Right. Like you have your vegans and then you have your carnivores and then you have like, so I'm like, okay, where is the balance in between there? It's the whole foods diet, really not having any of like the, the processed foods. I feel like whenever I do that, if I do eat anything that's packaged or like chips or I don't know, I feel like that's when I feel the worst. Yeah. The worst. If I'm if I'm eating clean and I'm cooking all my meals, whether it's steak or eggs, or if I um, have some fruit here and there, I'm still okay. But whenever I do have like processed food, if I have like McDonald's or something, oh. I feel like crap for like a couple of days. Yeah,
0: and no, yeah. It, it it takes a toll on me a couple of days too. Uh, like mental health wise, what is what does it do to you? How do you feel?
1: I. I feel it in my body so much. It's it's so, like, you start, I start having, like, congestion. Mm. Like, when he talks about seed oils that, that Carnivore MD, you, you, what's his name again? I'm sorry. Paul
0: his Saladino. Name,
1: Paul Saladino. Okay, so he, when he talks about seed oils, whenever I've known to be, like, seed oils in anything I eat, I get severely congested. And I'll be congested for a couple of days. Mm. That it even affects my hearing a little bit. Wow! Because you know how when you're really congested, it like it's in your ears. Yeah, too? you're
0: stopped up like the whole yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: And um, that I feel the congestion. I my I just feel really heavy. The mental fog is so bad, and it's just like. Yeah. It's just, it's just really heavy. Even when I'm trying to tell myself like, no, I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. It's, it's still really heavy there. Like you just don't feel good. It's, it's, yeah. it's intense. Yeah,
0: Being Hispanic, too, um, when you went on this diet, I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption, you're obviously Latino, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know some people are like, oh, my God, like I can't believe you yeah. assumed.
2: Everybody gets canceled nowadays.
0: I know, oh it's so crazy. I um, That's a whole other topic we can get into. But um, yeah. do you, does your family think you're crazy when you eat this way? Like, if you tell them, like, you're just eating all meat,
1: like, oh my gosh. they think you're crazy? I, I've never actually... I keep everything I share with my family very minimal. Mm. Like if I, it's just obviously you know, coming from Latinos and Latino family, anything you say can it just be an attack on <laughs> who you are as a person? Like they just dig at you, right? And yeah. that gets heavy. So I just I don't really share things anymore. I feel like the people who follow me on social media know me more than my own family does,
0: mm, That's interesting. Honest
1: and I, I've, I've never mentioned to them that I've only eaten meat. I just, I kind of look around and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna eat this. Like, I just keep it a little low key, but when I'm fasting, that's the hard thing. I, I've tried to tell like my, my parents and um, cause, like my sister, brother-in-law, all that stuff about fasting because they always ask me like, how do you eat so much and stay so thin? And I'm like, man, I mean, it's it goes back to diet, but also exercising. Yeah. But I do fast often, so I always tell them about that. There's been times where I've gone to like a family barbecue or something, and I'm fasting and I don't eat, and that sucks, man. It sucks. Yeah. So they always look at me whenever I do fast. They're looking at me like, "Damn, like you're crazy. Like, why are you? Why do you fast? Like." Have you? You're not, have, you're not gonna have café con leche in the morning, like <laughs> café con pan. And I'm like, no, that's that's really bad for you. You're not supposed to break your fast with carbs and sugar. You yeah. Know, like,
0: have yeah. you experimented with um, like animal organs at all?
1: I've recently tried liver, okay. beef liver.
0: Yeah, what'd you think?
1: It's, I didn't. I don't know. I I've in, I tried to incorporate it in certain breakfasts when i do have a breakfast i'll have like scrambled eggs i'll um do some ground beef and then i'll add in like chopped up beef liver in there Mm. it's not too bad it's it's definitely an acquired taste like if you're not used to it you might not like it but i heard someone say you either really like it or you don't like it so i feel like i've liked it since i do eat it sometimes yeah
0: yeah my family, yeah. I mean, it's a point of contention when I go visit my family because yeah. I try to eat mostly, uh, mostly meat around them, and I'll yeah. have like avocados and stuff. Um, and it's just like the the constant questioning. Like um, they think I'm crazy. Like I at, at one time we were at a family gathering, and everyone was eating cake. Okay, so everyone was eating cake and ice cream and they were like concerned that I was eating raw liver. Like they were like on, like I, I was just like, I kind of stopped the conversation and I was like, you know how cr- like y'all are eating cake and ice cream and I'm eating raw. Like y'all are getting on to me for eating raw liver. You know how crazy this is? Like, yeah. so I don't, I think being Hispanic and maybe just because I'm Hispanic and I don't know what it's like to be a white person or an African-American, but yeah. it's like, you're not eating tortillas or, or beans or like the, the you know, chicharrones or like anything like that. You're missing, like, you're crazy. You're just like not a normal person.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's totally true. Um, I feel like I've recently gotten, I've started to open up, started to open up a little more with, with my family recently when I got sober hmm. because I felt like I never really had like a, good relationship with them and I never realized it and so now I'm really trying to make an effort to be a little more open about things that I do and so when I I was like on a phone call with my parents recently and I was on the phone with them for like 30 minutes and we were talking about my diet and about fasting and all that stuff and my dad's like oh so what do you eat and I said well in the mornings if I do have breakfast, which usually is very rare if I do have breakfast. I said I'll have like scrambled eggs with bacon or something. Mm. Or I'll be fasted most of the day and then I'll just have like two ribeye steaks and I'm good until the next day. So if they're just like, what the hell? Like no tortillas?
2: <laughs> no arroz.
1: And I was like, no, none of that. Like you it's just you don't need it. You know, yeah. it's it's it I feel like also with the diet you kind of have to see what works for you just because i feel like if you dive into certain diets and you keep trying and you don't see anything like results wise or um if you feel like it's not working for you you kind of have to little adjust things because everybody's different
0: right absolutely
1: yeah it's and when i was telling them about that they were just like you're crazy like uh, and i said he's like oh i want to lose this many pounds and i'm like wait well stop eating 20 tortillas when you're having beans and eggs and stuff cut it down to maybe two you know maybe three tortillas right but he's like sometimes i'll sit down and i eat 20 tortillas i'm like, Freak, man, like i can't
2: eat it. <laughs> co- I,
1: We used to do that i used to do that
0: yeah i like, know for sure
1: tortillas with everything that's, yeah that's part of the culture
0: it's a staple and
1: yeah <laughs> it's
0: it's tough too because I, I want my family to be healthy um, and something that I'm trying to work on is like not projecting so much because like through this podcast, I've been able to talk to, um, amazing people. So I have like this podcast that I started, um, oh. and then me and my buddy do another podcast. So like combined episodes, I think we're at like hundred, like I've done 180 in the last couple of years and I've been able right. to talk to some like amazing people, right? Like, and I learn. I feel like it's like a learning, like a free education that I get because like- you know, like you mentioned, Dr. Saldivar, I'm, I'm able to sit down and like chat with her for an hour about yeah. just the diet stuff. And yeah. sometimes like uh, I project what I learned onto people, even though they don't want it. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. like, and I, I'm trying to work on that. And I know I do that with my family, but it's so hard like not to. Uh, oh, yeah. And I know that's something I need to work on. I don't know if you struggle yeah. with the same thing or not.
1: I've... I feel like I'm I'm good with it because, like I said, I've kept everything I share with them to a, like I'm just a minimum. And when I'm around, and when I felt like I went through my spiritual awakening and through my got to a different level of consciousness and and learning things about nutrition and ingredients and stuff that are in your food, and I feel like I have to love them and just let them live their life Mm. because I, as much as I can tell someone like, Hey, this is not healthy. The way you're eating. Do you even know what's in this food that you're consuming every day? You're having coffee with creamer every day. Do you know what's in, that creamer, right. how much sugar is in the creamer? How many other chemicals are in the creamer? If you look at the ingredients list, do you even know what this xanthum gum is? Do you know what this, Do you have you done research? You know, you want to do that because you care about them. But I just let that be. I'm just like, man, like I can't do nothing about it. I just have to make sure that if whenever they're ready, if they see that I'm obviously taking care of myself and they see that I move differently now. And they, if they ever do want to come to me with some questions, I'm always there. So I just let them know that. And whenever they do ask me things like, oh, what are you doing now? You lost so much weight. you did it. And I'm like, okay, I could tell you. But its if you want to change your life, then you have to like do that on your own whenever you're ready. Right. I feel like that works with everybody, right?
0: Like, yeah, I People
1: make no. changes in their lives when they want to.
0: Right. So that's very mature of you. And I'm not um I'm not totally there yet. And I I recognize it. <laughs> I recognize it big time. But not easy. Yeah, no, it's definitely not because I care about them and I'm like I, I try not to be the one to bring it up though. Like usually like growing up in like a Hispanic, like we just like we talk a lot of shit to each other. Um yeah. <laughs> my my buddy that I do the podcast with, like, we've had to have some like some tough conversations amongst each other. And to the point where it's like, Hey, you're kind of hurting my feelings, but I'm like, well, you're talking shit too. And I'm yeah. talking shit. But one time, like it was like an awakening. We, um, you know, every, uh, April or every, uh, Easter day, we have like a big family gathering and I was sitting there and I was like, Holy crap. The last like three hours, me and my cousins have just been dogging each other. Just, <laughs> just like, and that's just how we communicate where we just talk a lot of shit. And like, I grew up in that. Like I grew up just talking shit to people and that's like, that's not right, but (laughs) that's just how like we show our love. Like if we didn't talk shit, then we were were probably mad at you or something. And that's what I, so I had to come back and tell him like, Hey man, I just grew up in this like hostile environment that like, that's how we showed love. And I'm not saying it's right. So we had to come to like a, like agreement. Let's not talk so much shit to each other. Like, (laughs) yeah, I
1: like that, though. I feel like that breeds healthy masculinity.
0: Yeah, for sure. For
1: guys, you know, like, you need to be tough. You need to, like, all right, know how to take a joke. I feel like guys have it so hard that you have to be good at, like, taking the shots and taking all that stuff. Because when you don't grow up in that type of environment that you're talking about, a little aggressive, a little, like making fun of each other you get a little too sensitive oh for sure i a little more feminine and yeah even though you're a guy you know like so i get that i like that i think that's cool
0: that's where um that's funny you say the word feminine because i like when me and my buddy who is white uh i would tell him i was like man you're acting real feminine right now like i would use exact (laughs) words and that was like a stab at him and i wasn't trying to stab him i'm just like dude like like if you can't like keep up With me, then don't start. Like when it's not the the best way. I got a funny story. My uh when I was 14, I was in I um my parents were out of town and I took we had a brand new explorer. My parents just got a brand new explorer, like we weren't like rich or anything, so we just like this brand new explorer is a big thing. And me and my buddy took it out for a joyride and I was fourteen and I didn't even make it um like a mile down the road and I wrecked it. Well, I wasn't Uh wear I wasn't wearing my seatbelt and I it like the I flew out of the window because the window was rolled down, and it landed on my head. Like the explorer landed on my head. Like no bullshit. And I think this is where some of my like mental things come from. But oh my um, God. so I was in the ICU for I think two weeks. Um, anyway, my mom that day I got I got life flighted to the hospital. My mom had to come back from Dallas. She was in Dallas, so it was like three hours away from Austin. So she's she's driving back from Dallas. And, uh, she told me this after the fact, she said, uh, when she got there, she was like, obviously shaken up. And my uncle, uh, said, Hey, don't go in there and let him see you cry because he doesn't need that right now. Like i am like, they didn't know if I was going to die at this point. Right. Like they thought I was like going to die. Um, so she walks in and I remember this, like it was just yesterday, like she walks in and I'm like coughing up blood. Uh, I'm like I'm like mom I'm so sorry I just want to go home and she like looked at me straight faced and she said you better be glad you're in this fucking hospital and not at home right now because it'd be a lot worse for you at the house and I was like oh my god yes ma'am like that's just the kind of shit that I grew up in like my family's tough like we like tough on each other so I think there I don't think every other culture is like that
1: yeah I think uh I I agree with you there and I think your mom doing that for you, that's great because Mm. I mean, you wouldn't be the man that you are today, right? Like you have to be the backbone for your family and the provider. And that's how a a mother uh, raises a healthy masculine man. You have to be tough. Yeah. And I, I was going to say something. I totally forgot. I think it was toward uh, what you're saying um Where she was at the hospital bed, there was something like about that. I forgot what it was. Or she couldn't. Um,
0: she don't want to see me crying, or or I, I, I my yeah. didn't Oh want okay,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it. A lot of that has to do like whenever I'm, I feel like I'm going through something. I also don't like to share things with people because I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Mm. Like I don't want people to have pity, and like like, treat me a certain way because, oh, I feel bad for her. Like, I I don't want to be coddled. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make sure that I could get through this situation on my own and figure it out. Uh, That's I don't know. That's just something I feel like I have. But also because our culture is kind of like that. My, My dad's always been like that. He's always been like, you have to learn how to take care of yourself and know how to do things on your own. But I feel like that's more now when I've gotten older when I was younger. That was not that was not the situation. <laughs>
0: were you a spoiled and little girl I
1: or easily? That?
0: Was that? Were you a spoiled girl or a spoiled? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. I I I went through I went to this class recently that um the, the instructor, his name is Tim Delgado, and I always talk about him because he changed my life.
2: Okay.
1: I literally in that class, I Every all, all the things he was saying I felt were literally telling me like girls sit your ass down. Mm. And it it was had to do with being the youngest the youngest girl in a Latino family. Mm. The youngest. Um attractive, right? And spoiled. I didn't I didn't grow up with structure. I didn't grow up with uh, discipline so I didn't respect authority too much and now I think when I'm older now I like I felt like I was so out of touch with reality because I was always handed things to me or just I was just always treated a certain way because I look a certain way Mm. and I didn't realize that until having or taking that class and that instructor breaking it down how you can have positive trauma it's not always negative trauma mm. you're being spoiled and just handed things like that you can have like that's you can how to explain this have like a, a certain sense of entitlement when you get older and that only hinders you from growing right when you're right. older so it's it's a lot of stuff like that that i learned recently and it's been so great i feel like i'm gonna different state now when i'm talking to people i feel more grounded i feel more like i can really get in touch with my feminine side and not be so masculine all the time because that's also an unhealthy masculine like when when you're um how to explain this when you're always trying to control a situation that's Mm. that's toxic and just things like that. There's just so many things that I realized in that class that I was just like blown away. It it was crazy.
0: That sounds like a dope class and being, being, um, you know, you're raised like in a different generation. I imagine we're about the same age. Uh, So being on uh, Instagram and, you know, posting like you're, you're, you're a model obviously. And um, does your dad feel weird about that? Now do y'all have those, you know, those talks or when you first started, was it weird?
1: When I first started, it was, I, I first, I initially wanted to pursue acting Hmm. and anything that had to do with not being a doctor a lawyer, a police officer, um, a dentist, whatever was looked down upon. So I never had that actual support from them when I wanted to pursue anything in the arts field.
2: Mm.
1: And it was just, it was just never realistic to them. And uh, I feel like they tried their best to be supportive whenever I would come up with telling them like, Hey, I'm going to have a photo shoot today or something. They didn't really like it. Like I could feel the tension all the time and yeah, it's, it was always an awkward conversation. It was. And I feel like that's why now I keep everything to a minimum. I don't really share things. They don't even know that I do what I do. They don't know. Mm-hmm. My mom kind of knows that I do modeling, but they don't know that I'm an influencer to a certain extent. And they don't know that I'm making an impact somehow on other people out here. You know, they don't really know that stuff. And we'll see when the time comes because the ultimate goal for me was – has always been to retire them eventually, you yeah. know. And when that day comes, I'm gonna be like, "This is what I've been working towards. Like, this is what it is, you know." And who knows when that will happen? But hopefully soon. And yeah, it's 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 tough with a Latino um, uh, family, and they're they're from Mexico, so they're really oh, traditional. Okay, like very traditional conservative they're, they're to a certain extent right they're they're really open-minded when it comes to certain other things but yeah they're very traditional and i love that about my family too because i'm very family family oriented because of that
0: i had you know a a lot of female cousins and the way they grew up is a lot different than the way the boys grew up it's like you're they're a yeah. lot stricter um and i wrestle with that too because i have i have three daughters um yeah And I don't want to, I don't want, yeah. So I have my, my oldest daughter, she's uh 14 and then I have a 12 and then we have, uh, my wife and I just had twins. So they're three and one is a boy and a girl. We were definitely, definitely weren't trying for twins. Um, (laughs) but, but, uh, yeah, I'm worried that, um, what I'm, what kind of dad I'm going to be like with, if, if, um, they approach me and say like, Hey, I'm going to be an OnlyFans model or something like I don't want to have a, a negative reaction to that because yeah. I know that w- that's just something that women do and they make a, a healthy living and um, but I'm I, like I I'm raised in the generation kind of like kind of like you were like then we're just conservative we just don't do yeah. stuff like that so my mindset's kind of like I'm kind of in the middle you know I'm like got the old school mentality and I got a little bit of the new stuff so that's good. I don't know. I don't know. Balance. Yeah. Balance. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because so this class that I'm telling you about, he gives us tools of how to break down certain things that are causing our anxiety or causing, mm. let's just say, I'm feeling guilty about having um, my modeling, right? Or having my OnlyFans. And he has you, okay, so why do you feel that guilt he has you break down that guilt where is it coming from and i figured out that it was because i had my family on this pedestal
2: Mm.
1: and everything they said was affecting everything that i was trying to decide in my life nothing was ever good enough i was always trying to live up to their expectations and nothing nothing i ever did was just ever good Mm. and so i said man he's like he said, if you didn't give mom and dad, like that word, so much power, how would your life be so different now? Hmm. He, he said, if there were just random people in your life and they said things about what you are, who you are, it, you wouldn't care, right? Right. right? But because you call them mom and dad, you add so much power to that label, you make yourself feel guilty. You feel a certain way about making certain decision decisions because you're still trying to um, get their approval, you know? Right. So I had to come to terms with that, that like I can't make everybody happy. And yeah. I, I love them. And if anything ever happens to where um, that talk comes and it blows shit up, then I just have to – Hope for the best and see what happens. But
2: in the meantime,
1: I'm like, I feel like I'm in the thick of it right now. And I can't just like let up anymore because I've always done that. Whenever I'm pursuing something I want, I let that, my parents, my whole family, like that in the back of my head, subconsciously hold me back from doing things that I need to be doing or pursuing because I just think I'm like, damn, what are they going to think? They're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. like. F that man, I gotta go for it. Like, do, I gotta go
0: for it. Do, does it bother you? Does it like mess with your mind that you're like, that you don't tell them that you do like modeling and stuff? Does it bother you that way? Cause like now, yes. cause now you're doing like the opposite, right? Instead of like not doing it because you don't want to hurt them, you're gonna do it. Um, but, but does it weigh on you that you don't tell them that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I go through like so many things that I, i am very proud of that i've done and just accomplishments little accomplishments that i want to share with them and i don't because i just don't think that they'll actually be proud of what Mm. i'm doing yeah so i just have to like hold it in and just wait till like that moment comes and i'm like hey like this is what i've been working toward this is It's always been for you guys or, you know, and I don't know, but it does affect me. It does affect me that I can't really like be open with them about stuff like that just because I know that the reaction isn't going to be what I would want it to be. And I feel like that's me being realistic about it, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, they just won't understand like social media, like. Yeah. you're an influencer What is that what does that even mean like you make money yeah. from like that. it's just something like even me like i'm in in i mean in media and, and i i talked to a lot of people and i still don't understand it's weird like it's not yeah. like it's not something that where uh you you go in and you you know punch a time card and you got set hours like it's just oh, yeah it's completely different
1: oh yeah and i used to do that i worked uh as a vet a veterinary assistant for a couple years and i loved the job but it got so bad for me mentally and emotionally because i feel like people don't really talk about that side of the the job either like when you're in the veterinary industry it gets so heavy sometimes because you want to help these animals and you love them and you care about their well-being but sometimes you care more about the animals and the owners themselves.
2: Mm.
1: And sometimes people get pets, have pets, and can't even get proper care for them. They can't afford the surgery that they need to do or the medicine. So they end up putting the dog down. Mm. Or they, um, there was literally euthanasia every day, like 20, maybe 10 animals, depending. Like it was, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. You have to know you can't get attached to animals sometimes and it's very hard not to do that because sometimes you're working on a patient and you're like working on them working on them and then they just don't make it or the owner says i ran out of money put the dog down you know like it's 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 a tough industry so i had to like figure out all right like do i really want to do this for the rest of my life i see these veterinarians too that i would work for and a lot of them aren't very happy, like they're miserable, they're angry, they're like stressed out, like some of them are like picking out their hair and just like it's it's crazy because uh, their license can be taken away too if they're not accommodating to the clients, you know, like the clients are the ones that are in charge, not the doctor. You can yeah. only suggest what you can do for your animal, but it's up to the client whether they do want to do it or not or can afford it. Yeah. So it just got heavy, and I was like, man, I need to do something because this isn't what I want to do. And I, when I quit that job, my parents were angry. They were just so mad because I had full benefits. You know, it was a good job. I had yeah. a good job. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to trust this process. It, it was hard, and it has been hard. And it's just like – I feel like now I'm at another place where I'm like, okay, I'm almost there. I feel like I'm almost there, and I have to keep. I can't have to keep going. Like I can't, I can't let up now. So,
0: So. what was that um, transition like? Like, did you go to another job, or was it you left the vet clinic and it was just like I'm doing this, like Instagram, like modeling, OnlyFans, like all the time?
1: I always did the modeling even though I was doing the animal industry stuff. But I never told anyone at work or anything. But somehow Mm. someone always found out about my Instagram at work. And everybody started to be like, oh, Crystal's a model. Like, and whatever. So I still did it on the side. And then when I walked into work that day, I was actually going to take my two weeks. I was going to put in my two weeks that day. I walked into work. Oh, my gosh. I got there was a dog that had to go out or go home. He came in for seizures and I was going to remove his catheter. And I walked in, I went down to the cage. I took the catheter out of the little, it was a Chihuahua. And I, I grabbed him and he just peed all over me. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I just like, I literally got up and I left. I never, I didn't turn in my resignation letter. I didn't tell anybody that I left. I left. I texted our my manager and I told her, "Hey, like, I was supposed to put in my two weeks today, but to be honest with you, I don't think I could put in another eight hours of going through this anymore." Mm -hmm. Um, I was really in a really bad place. I was drinking um, all the time. I was doing drugs to keep from feeling drunk all the time, and uh, it was it was a really bad. Bad situation. So I was like, okay, like, am I going to have, I'm going to have to put my mental health here first. I'm going to have to quit this job and figure something else out. So luckily, I was still living with my parents. I quit the job and I didn't have a job for a little while because I was still looking for something. And then I found a job. I got a job at 24 Hour Fitness. So I was working there for a little bit as a receptionist in the front. And then COVID happened. Oh, shit. And yeah. And then I, Started the OnlyFans. I started OnlyFans, and everything changed. Really? Everything changed. Everything changed. I was like, "What the fuck have I been doing this whole time? I should have done it a long time ago." Like,
0: it was that fast.
1: Yes. Really. Like, the first, the first day I had it, I made like three grand.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, it was like it was that big of a difference and oh man so it's it's just been growing now and um now i have an assistant and it's just it's just taking a little bit longer because i didn't put in the effort that i needed to at the beginning Mm.
2: uh
1: now it's a little bit different and yeah i'm just excited
0: yeah Uh, You had a huge following uh, or you have a huge following on on social media. Did you have that following when you started OnlyFans?
1: I had, I think about 60 K maybe. Okay. And at the time I was already trying to transition from just the modeling into something that was going to be more real because I felt like, I've always wanted to do something along those lines. Like whenever anyone asked me, "Oh, if money wasn't wasn't the problem, what do you what would you want to do?" I was like, "Man, I would want to just be myself. I just mm-hmm. want to be me and get paid for that shit. Like that's what I want to do. Like, and somehow it just so when I was making that transition." Um, I was stuck at that following for a very long time, but I think it was because I was losing, but I was still gaining followers. Mm. So I was losing all the people that didn't care about the real stuff that I was talking about, but I was gaining all the people that were relating to me because I was sharing my journey. I was sharing everything I was struggling with. And now it's been past that and now it's just grown. And if, Finally reached like 100K recently, and I was really excited about that because I was like, "Man, like this is this is, this is happening. It's yeah. slowly, but it's it's happening." You know, I feel like I was stuck somewhere for a very long time, but now that I've been putting all that work in, now it's 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 happening. It's, it's, it's going.
0: It's freaking amazing. If I was a girl, like <laughs> I would be posting like my vagina, like my my tits everywhere. Like, i'm a little jealous i really am like i don't I, I don't think i i don't think i could do nudes and make a lot of money
1: <laughs> so unfortunate right that it's so easy for women to just do that right yeah it's i feel like also sometimes i feel i've that was part of my guilt as well like like damn. did i just sell my soul and i just like took the easy route the easy route you know but there's nothing easy about it. Yeah. Even even just doing that, being on there and messaging people and making sure you're creating content, getting the scrutiny that comes with that stuff, the the critics like everything. It's it's not it's it wasn't the easier. It's yeah. still really hard.
0: Do but. you uh, do you listen to um, Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura podcast? No, it's called Two Bears One Cave. They're they're really funny. Um, they're both comedians. And uh, they recently had a porn star on. I forget her name. It's Adriana Chetchik, I think. Um, huh. And she was talking about kind of the same thing you were. Uh, she was saying that, you know, being in porn, it, at least for her, it, it's it's like tougher than a real job because she's basically like an athlete. She's training. She's always dieting. Um, like she opened up about like this whole other side that we in the like normal, in the, in, in the public community don't see. So there's yeah. like, like you were just talking about, there's this whole other side that a lot of people don't, aren't, aren't aware of, of, you yeah. know, being an OnlyFans model. What was that first picture like that you did? Like, do you remember, what was the first uh, post you did? Was it, was it kind of? I ner- think
1: it was, I think it was like a bathroom pic in mm. like similar to what I post on my Instagram. Okay. And I, a lot of the stuff, began with similar things as my Instagram. And then I started to realize, I'm like, damn, these people really support me for who I am because this is still stuff that's on my Instagram. And I was like blown away at the amount of people that wanted to be on there and like have more exclusive content of me. So I was like, man, I could I could do this. Yeah, I could do this. And I just kept going. And yeah, it's just... So what, uh Yeah, that, that first pick was something similar to my Instagram, like in, like a, a bra and underwear, you know, like some yeah. sex like that. Do you like?
0: Yeah. Um, what kind of content do you do on your OnlyFans? Uh, do you do like is it full nude and like like sex stuff? Like what do now you do? It's,
1: now it's yeah now it's it's gone.
0: It's gone all to the way. Where it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Is it like? Is it? Do you get nervous? Like so. You work with, uh, do you film yourself or do you work like vi- with videographers? Yes.
2: Yeah. No,
1: I don't work with a videographer. Everything's just myself. Okay. And um, my boyfriend, which is now my ex boyfriend, unfortunately, mm. um, we would do things together. And that's, I wasn't, I feel like a lot of people on there, do different things with different people. And like, I never wanted to do that. I never really wanted to get it to that extent to where it's like sex stuff and whatever, but we we're like, let's make more money. Like this, let's, yeah. let's go. Let's it's, it. and,
0: it's so like dope because you don't have to go in and like fight traffic and like deal with the coworkers that you don't like. Like you're just, yeah. you're self-sufficient on what you want to do. It's like, it's a whole nother yeah. world that, um, that, uh, I wish I could experiment with, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I got a full time, like corporate job that, yeah, you know, like the, they're large, it's a large company. So now we're, we're going through, uh, cuts, you know, and we have to worry about that and, yeah. you know, like stuff, like if you could be self-sufficient, like that's, yeah. I think that's the ultimate goal.
1: Oh man, I've I've realized that even though it's not I the ideal profession that I never like ever pictured for myself or even just something that was gonna be that was gonna get me to the point where I have the freedom that I've always wanted. And I, that's another thing, too. I had to break that down from the guilt. I'm like, but what were the benefits of actually making the OnlyFans account? looking at everything. I wouldn't have found the friends that I have right now. I wouldn't have the assistant I have right now. And I'm helping her with, with her life. Like, you know, helping her have more free time where she's not working three jobs, four jobs. She's out here doing things for me, and we're hanging out, building a friendship, and that's what I wanted to do. Anyway, and I've always wanted to just help people. And even though I'm doing this type of work, my mind is not really like, oh, I want to go buy expensive bags and expensive things like that. No, my, my goal is to make a difference regardless of what I'm doing for money. Yeah. And so I I want to make sure that I stay true to that regardless. And open about what i do because i also feel like if you're not open about what you're doing people see right through that all the time so and i don't think i would want to follow someone or look up to someone that isn't honest about what they're doing or who they are as a person whether it's on social media or off social media right you want to connect with someone for being real and for who they are so I've always held myself to that type of standard. Like I'm like, damn, I have to just be 100 all the time, regardless of who it is that I'm speaking to. If it's someone who's like a janitor or someone who is a a celebrity, right? Right. Treat everyone the same way. And my parents always, my parents taught me that. Like they they treat everybody with respect, doesn't matter who it is. So
2: yeah,
0: Yeah. that's really important. It sounds like you're, you're still kind of like struggling or maybe not struggling, but like wrestling with like, okay, like society has this, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: this structure that we're supposed to make money in. And like you're venturing, we're like certain people are able to venture out of that box and there's nothing wrong with it. That's like freaking awesome. That's, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to that, like that mode of like, okay, my family taught, like thought that I had to go to school and mm-hmm. to go to school to get a good job and like live this life. But the more and more I talk to people like yourself and other people on the podcast, I'm like, there's this whole other like way of thinking. That's not the way I grew up thinking or what I was raised with. And it's yeah. like, you just have to like tap into that and start like exploring this whole other world. Like there's this structure world. And then there's like, Oh yeah, there's this whole other world too. You know what I mean? The
1: black sheep, the yeah. black sheep <laughs> community, right? That's yeah. what everybody <laughs> calls <That's>, like, <laughs> Or, or the red pill committee, is that what people call it? I think it's like a that? I've
0: heard the black sheet before, not the red pill though. <laughs> but
1: that's Yeah, a it's not the norm. It's really not, but I don't know. I I feel like I, I I don't want to discredit all the hard work that I do just because society thinks that it's not right. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't work hard doesn't mean that i'm not making a difference somehow but they try people do try to criticize me and say things to me like oh you're over here half naked but you're talking about mental health like why can't i do that why not like i've been through depression i've been through anxiety i've been through alcoholism i've done all of these things why am i not able why am i not why isn't it okay for me to share my story to help other people yeah maybe some other women who do do the same thing i do their minds is different different places right no judgment to them but i'm not there that's not my that's not how i do things so i want to make sure that regardless of what people say or say that i can't talk about mental health or that i can't do can't talk about my sobriety journey none of that because i post sexy pics or whatever it's i'm just like man you guys are just sounds like close-minded people, you
0: know? Yeah. It sounds like they might be just be jealous. Like probably but a lot of it is jealousy, right? Cause you're a pretty girl, you're making money yeah. on, on Instagram and social media or yeah. only So a lot of it has, has to be coming from jealousy, I think more than anything yeah. else. So they're just haters. Like yeah. So, so it Sounds like a bunch of haters. Um, yeah. Who yeah. says like, you can't do two things. Like that's, that's stupid. Like, Oh, you do this thing. So you can't do that thing. Like,
1: yeah. You know what I mean?
0: That's so dumb.
1: Exactly. There's I feel like there's no right or wrong way of doing things. There's just different ways of doing things. Yeah. And Yeah, it's it's just also I learned in that class that I did um the instructor he said something along the lines as like the few do what the many suppress. So, mm. he was like talking to he tried to like get some advice from like a porn star himself he said that that the porn star was like why would you want to talk to me like you know because that's how people treat people who do stuff like that like they judge you and like i'll shun you you know like whatever so he was like man i need to see what you're doing because i have marriages that i'm counseling that aren't even touching each other anymore like they Mm. don't have intimacy in their relationships. so I needed to see what kind of stuff that you're doing, so I could teach them. So he's like, so he's like, I figured that out that the few do what the many suppress, and I was like, wow, that's a pretty crazy way to look at it.
0: Yeah, so. no, that's that's real deep. Well, it's even like, um, like I, I've been drawn, I guess, listening to Joe Rogan has like introduced me to other comedians, and like I was just telling you about Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura. Like, there's some like deep thought thinkers of our society like this this time that we're living in and even though they're comedians they're they provide like such a great nuanced perspective on everything that's happening in the world and it's like fresh and I would have like never thought like before um before I got the job I'm at now I worked in radio for 10 years and I worked in news radio and I I always thought like because of I worked in news radio I have to listen to like other news people give uh, an update on what's going on across the country or across the world. And now I don't feel that way because I've listened to other people that have these the like great perspectives. And it's yeah. the same thing like, you know, talking to a porn star about like w- you know, how to enhance your sex life or your personal life. That's yeah. probably like the those are probably the best people to talk to about that kind of thing, you know. 100%. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you do you
1: well,
0: yes. uh, do you think that you'll venture off into like porn or is that something that's not on your radar? No,
1: no. I don't I don't think so. I've I feel like I've gotten asked before, but I also feel like I can't say never because yeah. I was so adamant for so long about never doing OnlyFans and that obviously changed. It ended <laughs> up happening and it changed my life. But uh I don't know. I I don't know where I don't see myself doing that. I feel like I'm at a good place right, right now as far as money and what I want to do with it. And I don't think that that's something. Yeah, I don't really see myself doing something like that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Do, uh, do guys do OnlyFans?
1: Yes. Really? I had a friend. Okay, so part of the reason, too, that I ended up making one was because I had a friend around that time who he had like i don't know maybe 30,000 followers on instagram and he was like he's a pretty built guy like physique wise like he trained and he had a ton of followers on there and they were mostly girls and <laughs> obviously gays and, and they just thought he was sexy right he's like man he made it
0: OnlyFans. He
1: said that he was making fifty thousand a month. Oh my gosh. And I was like, bro, let me get on this. Like, why? <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, miss you to do it. So
0: That's so yeah. insane. What yeah. so how much thought do you put into um like taking the photo, setting the scene, setting your prices? Like like how much you put a lot of thought in that or did you kind of do what like other people are doing?
1: I tried. So when I first started, I was looking into how other models were doing it. And then I kind of went off of what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. So I feel like regardless of the pricing or whatever, or posting anything that's, uh, I guess, I just thought like, okay, these people support me for who I am, I could post whatever. And they're gonna love it regardless. So, but now I feel like I've been doing it a little more on a a higher scale. Like I'm booking locations now to actually take these pictures or um, before it wasn't too much like thought into it. I would just take like mirror pictures or just record something random. And now I'm putting a little more structure to it because I'm trying to scale it to a whole different level. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then pricing wise, I feel like I had set it to a certain price, but when I wasn't on there too often, I would bring the price down or it just depended on how, uh, they were responding to everything. And if I wasn't on there too much, they'd get a little bit upset because that's what they're paying for. (laughs) You know, like they're paying to talk to me. So I got to be on there. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work either way. Like,
2: yeah
1: got to be there and almost 24/7 having a conversation with each individual and yeah. making Oof. sure you're, yeah, making sure you're uh like if they're asking for something specific you're giving them what they want and then making sure you're not sending the same videos and like okay, mm. what did I send this person? All right, I could have I have to send this other thing and then you have to think of another video to make that's not the same thing. It is just it's a lot. It's, That goes
0: into it, yeah. So, how do you how do you balance that out with your mental health? Because even doing the podcast and having a post on social media and trying to build uh, a following um, on on YouTube and everything, it's exhausting. Like i I don't like doing it. Um, So, I can only imagine like you actually have a lot of followers and you have to, you know, cater to them. So, how do you balance that?
1: Honestly, it's been so hard, so hard, and that's why. I got an assistant now that I'm able to have, like I have that certain amount of income that I'm like, okay, now I can hire someone that's going to help me lighten the load. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I have to reply to comments. I have to look at DMS, making sure I'm not missing things, look through emails and all this stuff. Right. And making sure that I stay engaged, making sure that I'm still creating the content, making sure I'm posting, making reels and all this stuff. So, my mental health would take the back seat during this, during the, during everything. And it would, I would go so hard for a certain amount of time that I would have to like take a break for a day or two mm. that I would just be like, okay, I can't come up with anything to post today. I can't come up with this because I'm just so overwhelmed with everything that I have to get done that I would have to, like, chill. But because of having OnlyFans and not having to worry so much about having to post so often now, I've been able to dive in so much more into my mental health. Like, now I've, you know, looked into, like, spiritual stuff, um, different medicinal things and... I have the time to go make actual like connections and relationships with people who are more into the stuff that I'm into as far as spirituality goes and trying to figure out more of like shadow work and just trauma work and all that stuff. So it, it all that goes into it. And because I don't have a nine to five job, yeah. I'm able to do it now, you know. And actually really spend time and really dissect things that are affecting me mentally. And I feel like I've gotten to a whole different place now. I feel like a whole different person. Yeah. I, like uh, it it comes.
2: That, it comes
0: across. Yeah, I was gonna say it comes across in stuff that you share. And yeah. um like you can tell and it's amazing that you can even see it. So like it means that it's pretty sincere. If I can like tell through a video that I'm watching on my phone that you really intrigued and you're working on your mental health. Like it, it comes across. What, what are some, uh, some things that like have worked for you?
1: I started what completely transformed my life. Uh, First of all was, okay. So my ex-boyfriend played a big role in me deciding to get sober. Hmm. Um, I feel like he was the only, person in my life that was holding me accountable to the things that I was saying I wanted to do but never did Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of that going on at the beginning of everything and so I got sober and then I actually started to experiment with mushrooms so I started to microdose Mm. and My life after that was, like, it just changed drastically. I started to see things a little bit differently. I wanted to dive into other things, and I was just seeking knowledge. I always wanted to, like, read things, go into things a little bit deeper, and especially when I had to do about mental health and what I was feeling. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I being triggered? Where is this coming from? And I always wanted to, like, just look into that. So microdosing was a big part of it. And then I started to do Reiki healing. I'd go mm. get Reiki sessions done. And yeah, I feel like it, it, I touched on meditation. I've done that. And um, I got surrounded by amazing individuals that are more into like that type of spirituality stuff. And I've been able to feel like I can actually open up about things that I'm feeling and things that I'm coming like I guess into my awareness and and just like okay I'm feeling this and I'm feeling this type of thing and and they know already because they've been through it so it's it's been interesting it's been a very interesting journey when it comes to all that stuff but definitely I would say the the mushrooms were like a really big Big, big thing in in my growth as far as mental health goes. Yeah. For sure.
0: I, I um, want to try I've that. Have you heard of
1: Michael Polgan before?
0: No, I have not. Michael
1: Polgan. I think he's also on one of Rogan's podcasts, but he has a book called Change Your Mind, I think. And he talks about micro or mushrooms. And he talks, he said this analogy that I feel is perfect. He said that when you're microdosing on mushrooms it's like new fallen snow hmm. you because before the before the fallen snow there's grooves and stuff of where you're going right but when you microdose on mushrooms it's like new new oh. fallen snow and you create your own grooves like you're not you're not hmm. doing the same habits and it's so true it's it's so true it's it's you're you're able to go more in the flow of what's going on in your life not trying to control everything that's going on like okay i'm going to like it, it's it's so it's amazing it's amazing
2: mm,
0: i need to check it out i've tried I, i've tried microdosing one time and i was such a, a little punk that i didn't take enough so i didn't feel anything at least i don't <laughs> i don't think i did and then i i haven't tried it again that was a while ago i i i tried smoking like marijuana but I don't think marijuana, I, I, I need something to calm me down though. So maybe I'll give microdosing again. Yeah. Again. I,
1: I'm definitely not a weed person either. I give myself anxiety. I get paranoid if I ever did smoke weed. I was yeah. like, oh, I can't do this. But when I did the mushrooms, the my friend who supplies it for me, he, he grounds it very finely. And I only take like a quarter spoon of whatever it is I'm taking. Mm. Like I'll, I'll put it... um in my water or in a tea or something. And I don't even drink the whole tea. I just take sips of it or sips of the water and I kind of ease into it and see how I feel. And I, I'm like, okay, I feel good. I, it's taking the edge, the edge off. Then I'm able to like go on with my day and I yeah. don't even take anything again until the next day and I'll drink the same water again, wow. like take a couple of sips and I'm fine. But that's also you being aware of your body and being like, okay, and I've done to where I've drank the whole quarter teaspoon that he's recommended, and I'm like, holy shit! I <laughs> laid down. It's not good. So <laughs> yeah. I have to trial and error and see where your are kind of what is that your threshold is. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. I'm hoping yeah. mushrooms. Like I even done like the like gummies and stuff. Yeah. And I I I got some stuff that was like the guy was like, hey, this is for like focus like you take this like during work and stuff so um you know i i i, I did it and definitely was not made me focus like it made me like <laughs> super paranoid super tired and like yeah. it was almost like like a like put me to sleep almost like i was like looking at the thing i was like you sure it's like focus like focus energy so i don't think like thc or cvd is my thing
1: oh yeah definitely so. i feel like that's also Something to keep in mind, too, if you ever do want to do, like, try microdosing, different mushrooms cause different effects for different people. Mm. So the first batch I got with my friend was where I freaking went through my whole spiritual awakening. Like, yeah. I went through all of that stuff. And then the second batch that he gave me wasn't as good. I would feel a little bit, like, depressed. I would feel like I was purging a lot of emotions all the time. Um which also was really good because that helped me dive in a little bit more into shadow work and stuff like that. But this third batch, he's like, Oh, I'll get you, I'll give you a new one. Then I thought I tried a third batch and that was different. I think this is my third batch. Hmm. And he's like, and I told him, I was like, this is amazing. This one, I'm just like happy. I feel great. Like he's like, Oh yeah, I've heard so many good things about this batch. Like he said that his friend that also tried the same ones, uh, Said that it's like falling in love again And I'm just like I can totally agree wow. with that Like you're literally just Happy and Yeah so it just depends on also With the mushrooms like which ones you're Which ones you're trying and yeah. What or who you're getting them from Too you gotta get it from a trusted source I'm assuming but because yep. they're working on le- Legalizing that stuff right or
0: I mean like that? I, I feel I, I know like there's organizations working with um, Military Vets on like mental issues. Um, and they're, they're doing like some great, they're having some great success. There's even a couple of organizations I've reached out to them in Austin, um, that, you know, are geared towards like mental health issues. Um, so I'm trying to get a couple of them on the podcast actually. So they're, I don't know where it's at from like a legislation standpoint, but I know like they're working towards legalizing it, but who knows when that's going to happen.
1: I've, I've heard, I, I feel like I've seen something recently that they're like close or something to legalizing psychedelics.
0: That'd be, yeah. I mean, alcohol, like it's crazy that we can oh, like, what is
1: it? I like
0: it's crazy that we can go get alcohol and like, just get it. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. like what it does to your brain and like your body and like your, your, uh, your, like each individual cell in your body, how it damages it, but we can get it. Like, it's pretty crazy, but we can't like smoke marijuana.
1: Yeah, and have you gone down that rabbit hole where it says like, oh, they call alcohol spirits for a reason and like (laughs) it's supposed to be something that kills your soul and it's true. Like whenever I look at videos or just Snapchat memories that come up in my Snapchat of me when I was going through my alcohol issues, Mm. I look at those videos and I look at myself and I'm like, man. I just, like, I, it makes me almost cringe, and I'm just, like, I was lost. Like, it just, I look like a whole different person, and I look, and I see my, I look into my eyes, and I'm, like, man, I was, like, dead inside. I felt like I was dead inside. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and some people don't even pay attention to that feeling, though, right? Yeah. It's, like, they just go through life, and, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I don't have a problem, but then... That's the first step is figuring out that you do have a problem. I I know I did because whenever I was drinking, everybody would stop drinking, but then I was like, I was still drinking.
2: Damn. Like
1: maybe this isn't normal. I don't <laughs> I don't know, I just, this is not normal. That I'm still drinking the next day and then the next day. And yeah, I would go on binges for like a week or two sometimes and the hangovers were awful.
0: Yeah, I can only I feel imagine. like I
1: almost had a seizure one time. I like coughed the blood once. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't know what I, I was literally doing that to myself like I, my own
0: body. You know, I don't think I had a problem. So I I worked I mentioned this, but I worked in radio and I one of the stations uh I worked at for a while was a hip hop radio station in Austin. So we you know, we're going to like clubs and partying every night and um it got to a point where I was like sick of drinking. Like, so now it's like so much so where I don't even like drinking. I don't enjoy drinking at all, but I don't think I ever had a, like a problem with it. Um, like I, but I would m- remember drinking till I passed out. And then I don't know, like I even look at like, you mentioned it's funny. You mentioned memories. Cause just a couple of days ago, I was looking at like Facebook memories and I was like, I was obviously posting some stuff when I was drunk and I was like, yeah. what, what the hell was wrong with me then? Like, what kind of person was I like? I was just posting this shit on Facebook while I was drunk. Like it's embarrassing. Like, I'm like, God, I, I don't know what that is.
1: That's good though. Yeah. You know, I, you that's good to see. That's that, as much as I don't like seeing those videos. It just, I just look at myself and I'm like, man, I really did that shit, man. Like yeah. I really did that. I completely changed my life around. And like I said, it's just, I don't like to see it, but I was like, man, I need to share this stuff with people because I don't know who it can help. Like, you just never know who you, and I, that's why I, I keep that always in the back of my head too, that I'm like, man, I need to share with whoever I need to share with. We're having a conversation. I always tap into some sort of like fasting conversation or diet and just like being sober and stuff like that. And it's, it's always really cool to yeah. share that stuff
0: yeah well keep doing your thing crystal i i thoroughly enjoyed this podcast and anytime like you want to talk or you have something that you want to talk about let me know because like i i enjoy talking with you it's it's uh it's not a boring i do some conversations sometimes with people i'm like oh god i can't wait to get off but this is <laughs> this is fun though like i i appreciate yeah, I everything you have to say
1: I have time. it was nice talking it felt like it was a really genuine conversation
0: yeah for sure yeah so anytime you want to talk just let me know um oh real quick can you uh what's your your social media accounts your only fans and all that stuff and i'll i'll make sure to put it back in the video
1: uh everything is you could probably just google crystal gear and everything comes up there so okay. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be on instagram my twitter um all that's on there so youtube too that's all there so
0: all right perfect yeah. well i had fun with you um i'll let you know when this comes out and uh, i'll send you all the links and stuff
1: sounds good
0: thank you crystal. have
2: good have fun thank making you your content happy. yep have a good weekend thank you talk to you later bye, bye.